ranking wide receivers and tight ends. Who are the best receivers and tight ends in the 2023 NFL draft? Coming up on today's episode of Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by... FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right, Matt, it's your time to shine. We've already talked <laughs> about some wide receiver or some uh, quarterbacks and uh, some other positions in the NFL draft. Running backs and quarterbacks, I think, are the only ones down. Yep, so yep. We've got positions to go here looking at the 2023 NFL draft about a month out. Uh, let's start talking about some wide receivers and who your top guys are and how you are uh, how, how you ranking all these little tiny wide receivers, the sub 200, sometimes sub 180 pound wide receivers that seem to be all over the 2023 NFL draft. Yeah. And we're going to talk receivers and tight ends and just quick overview. Very different than it has been at these two positions. I mean, we know receivers are flooding the league. I mean, almost for like the last 10 years, especially the last three or four this year, it's lean. And you mentioned they're very small. There's very few that look like Andre Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald and, you know, prototypical on the line X's and it's, it's leaner and there's less depth and there's less star power receiver, which is shocking compared to recent drafts. Yeah. And so probably very difficult for you to pick a top five wide receivers and a top five tight ends, but for very different reasons, because the tight end class is so good, but the wide receiver class, maybe there's more candidates that could be in there just because, uh, you know, some guys might just not meet a prototype and it's depending on it's, it's a pick your flavor wide receiver class. Like you want, you know, the, the few bigger wide receivers, cause there's not that many of them and you might have to take them early cause you need one and, and they're not going to be there later. Or do you want one of the speedy guys? Do you want an outside speed guy? Do you want a slot speed guy? Exactly. Exactly. A lot of them are smaller. There's, you know, there's not amazing testers. There are shapes and sizes, but it's not phenomenal. Where tight ends is the opposite. Anything you want, depth. I think tight ends the best position in this draft. So, I'm digging the receivers. That's plan. Yeah. Who's your Who's your number one wide receiver for this draft class? And, and has it changed throughout the course of this draft season? Um, early on, it was Jackson Smith and the Jigba, and now it's Jackson Smith and the Jigba by a mile. And the more oh, and more I dig into them, the more I like them. Yeah, he didn't play a lot of snaps last year. I mean, okay, uh, he was hurt. But he was awesome before that. Awesome. Like, better than Alave. Better than Wilson. And uh, he's not that fast. Well, he's not slow. And he's ridiculous out of his breaks. He's ridiculous in three-cone route running. I, I don't want to say he's Justin Jefferson in that everyone thought he was just a slot coming out of LSU and excelled on the outside. But it wouldn't shock me if he's much more than just a slot. I think he's... Michael Thomas in his prime plus like hundred catch a guy a year type of dude. 
Well, the other thing is like, yeah, okay, so he's a slot. Well, why does he have to be a slot? Well, he's not the biggest guy. Just under 6'1", 196 pounds is is a monster for this class because he's the second biggest guy in your top five uh, at, at yeah. you know, six feet, five eights and 196 pounds. And and really all Jackson Smith and Jigba needed to do. And by the way, you know, if, if you're not sold on him because of his injury plagued 2022 season, go back to 2021 and, and watch some, oh, Jackson Smith Jigba. you know, he's good. And he's been good for a long time and a uh, really good track record of those wide receivers coming out of Ohio state. And some of the guys that were, I mean, the, the rookie of the year wide receiver, top 10 pick in last year's class said that Njig was better than him. So um, yeah. he, he's and definitely he's got skills. And he's different, but he's got some skills. All he needed to do this offseason to me is, is run not four seven. You know, just run four fives and you're good. And he didn't run at the combine, but he put up ridiculous agility numbers. Ridiculous. 6.573 cone, which is absurd. 393, a sub four second, the only one in the class of his uh, 20 yard shuttle, you know, 35 inch vertical is fine. 10, five broad jump is fine, but the, the two agilities is crazy. You can see how he can get open and, you know, he's just going to be such a weapon and the slot is used more often than, than ever. And a lot of people are putting their best receiver in the slot, even if they're outside guys, quote unquote, anyway. So being a slot is not a dirty word in the NFL anymore. And then at his pro day, he, depending on whose watch you're looking at, he was somewhere between four, four, eight and four, five, five. Which is a which is fast. It's plenty for him, yeah, and I think yeah. that solidified him as wide receiver one in this class. So I'm not comparing him to Antonio Brown, but people used to ask me all the time, "What what makes Antonio Brown so great?" And I said his best attribute was he can make a he's driving around your neighborhood. He doesn't have to slow down in his Porsche or Lamborghini to make a sharp right turn, you know. And if you're a corner, that's Smith the Jigba. Uh, uh, you know, he sets you up so well, and then just breaks it off. You're doomed, and the ball comes out on time. Boom, move the chains. You know, I mean, that, that's the type of movement skills he has, and, and he's really, really good. Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State, Matt Williamson's number one and my number one wide receiver in this class. And your number two is the only guy bigger than him on this list, and that is Quentin Johnson, uh, Johnston out of TCU, 6'3, 208. But some questions about his separation. So, very different player than Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, he's really good after the catch. He has some Mike Evans to his game. Uh, drops are a problem. But I gave him the benefit of the doubt because he's different than everybody else. I mean, as we mentioned to start this, there's a lot of jitterbugs, uh, basketball and grass type, and he's just different. Um, I think he has some go-up-and-get-it skills, not as much as you'd love from a 6'3", 208 guy. But once he opens it up, he can really run. I mean, those long strides. He looks a lot different than Jalen Highland, Zay Flowers, those guys running. But Johnson's a real good prospect. And he'll block a little bit, too. He's a physical guy. So the, that is the number one key for a longer, longer-limbed wide receiver. And, and he's not a monster, you know, 6'3", 208. No. But um, four, 40-inch vertical. So, you know, he can get up. And, and if you're going to be a big receiver and you're not going to be the, the most dynamic separator, you got to have ball skills and you got to be tough block and get, get more than more than average after the catch. And so those are the mm -hmm. keys to me for a team that looks at Quentin Johnston and they say, this guy's going to win at the catch point in the NFL. And he's going to get us some yards after the catch. You don't have to be Debo Samuel, but you got to be able to get some yards right, after right. the catch. When you do those things, then we're not as worried about the separation because as we've seen, Deandre Hopkins doesn't separate at all. In fact, he kind of wants you on his hip so they can go get the ball from you, you know? So uh, ball skills is number one for his success in the NFL. Yep, yep, and they're good, not great. I mean, he's not a he's not Hopkins or Larry or one of those type of dudes, but he's 
good after the again, he's kind of a combination of those guys and Mike Evans. I mean, those are high praise, but I like him a lot. I think more than more, more years than not, he would still be a first round pick. And I could see him going as early as like Houston. It's, you know, with their second pick. Who's your number wide, number three wide receiver in this class? Because, you know, one and two, you see a lot of Jackson Smith and Jigba and you see a lot of Quentin Johnston. Uh, but then there's a lot of guys very similar size wise. And, you know, if you go by combine numbers, maybe you like one guy. If you go by tape one year, you like another guy. If you go a couple of years worth of tape, you like another guy. So who's number three for you? I have a lot more questions going forward. Uh, I mean, I went with Jordan Addison, watched him firsthand at Pitt here two years ago. He was terrific, but he had a first round quarterback throwing to him. Then he goes to USC and doesn't do quite as well and has maybe a first overall quarterback throwing to him. He's smaller. I think he's a real high-end number two at the next level. Slot, some dynamic qualities. I just don't know that he's special, you know. 5'11", 173. He ran a 4.49. So that's not blazing. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to find the guy that I would say, okay, aside from Johnston and aside from Smith and Jigba, who's the guy that I stamp and say he's going to go in the first round? And I just don't think Addison is that for me. So is, you know, no. is there only two? Is there only one first-round wide receiver in this class? I don't think so because there's so many needs and it's not a great class after the top couple, um, you know, at any position. So I do think he goes, maybe we get three or four, but I don't think last year or the year before Addison would be a first round pick. I mean, he's not going over Devonte Smith or a guy like that, you know, Waddle. Uh, that's, that's kind of the comp I've seen thrown out for Jordan Addison is like, mm-hmm. you just have to, you have to appreciate him work and see him get open and see how smooth he is rather than just that's look all at true. The, the sum of all the parts. There's definitely truth to that. I mean, he's a good football player. Uh, I feel like I'm selling him short, but Devontae Smith won the Heisman. You, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. 173 pounds, man. That's, that's yeah. There's some little dudes. Zay Flowers out of Boston college. Number four. Yes. And best thing I can say about Zay Flowers is he was the only show in town. I'm sure every defensive coordinator that faced Boston College says anything but Zay Flowers beating us, and he still does. Um, Out of the slot, out wide, really quick mover, sudden. He probably won't be a 100-catch guy. He probably won't be a 10-touchdown guy, but he'll be a very solid contributor to any offense. 5'9", 182 pounds of the combine, ran a 4-4-2. Nice 10-yard split there with some speed Mm -hmm. He's uh, sudden, yeah, you know, good numbers and gets open, makes some catches, uh, you know, and uh, good receiver. Again, it's hard to say, oh, this guy's gonna be a first rounder. Could see him in the first round. Could see him in the second though too. Yeah, I think he's in that fringe, you know, right in that neighborhood. All right, next we'll round out the top five for Matt Williamson. Who the toughest omissions were in his top five? The honorable mentions of the wide receiver class, and then get into this really deep tight end class in twenty twenty three. Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel. No better place in tourney time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports books. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. You wager on everything. And we're talking about everything. NBA, the NCAA tournament, the um, the NIT. The Does the NIT even still exist? I don't know. But if it does, I don't it's, know. it's on FanDuel. <laughs> I mean, they've got snooker on FanDuel. And, of course, they've got you know Major League Baseball that's getting going now. So pumped for uh, opening night. And so uh, all that you can find and make all the bets. And, of course, my favorite 
thing to bet on every single year. It's a great time of year to bet on stuff because of what's going on with the tournament, but NFL draft props, love them. Oh, yeah. All that on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use, so don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you go to FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Who is your number five wide receiver in this class, Matt, after Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, and Zay Flowers? It's Jalen Hyatt. And this type of receiver is always hard to rank because he's Will Fuller. He's Teddy Ginn. Maybe a little more well-rounded than that, but those guys have really good careers. I mean, people think that's a, a knock. You know, I mean, he is lean and he can fly. And he might only catch 40 passes, but five of them might be for, you know, 50-yard touchdowns or greater. And he has a great impact on the other 10 offensive players because you almost have to keep a safety over the top of them because no one can run with the guy. So some teams will value that higher than others. Just look, depends what you're looking for. And the league values speed. And he yeah, has, yeah, yeah. He, just, he can blaze. And the team make, teams make a lot of mistakes because they draft those guys with the speed too high sometimes because they're looking for it on the outside. Six feet and one eighth, 176 pound, or, uh, pounds, another really skinny wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Four, four flat, one five, oh, 10 yard split, which is just blazing and a 40, uh, 40 inch vertical there. And he was probably one of those guys who was disappointed with his four, four because some people thought he might be, you know, pushing breaking four three flat with how much yeah. Yeah. the speed plays on tape you don't need to look at his 40 time to see how fast Jalen Hyatt is 100 I mean I, I honestly don't care what he tested but I thought it would be better but he can fly and I think he had like six touchdowns of 40 yards or more something like that I mean he led the league so it just depends I mean not every team is looking for that right now and probably shouldn't be shocked if I had to stamp somebody other than Smith and Jigba or Johnston to be a first rounder it'd probably be Hyatt just just from mm-hmm. speed, it sounds like from some insiders speaking that a lot of teams really like Hyatt too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, there's not a lot of the guys like him that were that productive too. And, and you know, most people thought Tillman, his uh, uh, sidekick in Tennessee, was going to be the guy this year. I, I think he had some injuries and that opened the door for um, Hyatt. And I think that's helped him quite a bit. But Tillman's an interesting guy too. He's a he's a bigger, you know, tougher, more physical prototype. Who are the toughest receivers that you left off of your top five? Uh, there's clearly one. It's Josh Downs from uh, North Carolina. Very small, though. Uh, I mean, he's under the all profiles of arm, wingspan, hands, height, weight. All those things are small for him. But he's very sudden, changes direction very well, pure slot, plays tough. He'll go into traffic, take hits, you know. So real good player, but he is what he is in a way. Any sleepers? Anybody else that stood out to you in this wide receiver class before we move on to uh, tight end? Good or bad at wide receiver? Uh, Jonathan Mingo. I mean, is another one of the bigger bodied guys that I could see even like running down on punts and tackling guys as a rookie. Um, Big slot, physical, pretty long arms, 220 pounds. So he had really good uh, testing scores, especially as a jumper. So he's kind of the throwback, big body dude. So he's somebody that I'm certainly interested in too from Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss has those big receivers. You yeah, know? I, don't, I don't know what they put in the water in Ole Miss. <laughs> right, right. The strength and conditioning coach, a raise over there. 
uh, if it's the same guys that was there then when DK Metcalf and uh, AJ, AJ Brown were yeah. coming out. But I, mean, I was blown away when I saw Jonathan Mingo that he's not getting more hype, and and he had mm-hmm. a really good combine six one and six and uh, three quarters, so almost six two two twenty, big hands, um, four four six in the forty. A wide receiver that's not afraid to show up and bench and invested everybody at wide receiver with 22 reps and then nine and a half inch vertical and 10 nine broad jump. So he put up numbers and uh, there's some really good tape there. It wasn't a high volume receiver, but a, a guy that I think could be a better. Neither pro. was AJ Brown. Neither was right. AJ Mugget. Right. You know, definitely be a better pro than he was a college player. And, and one of my favorite sleeper wide receivers in this class. So I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah. Like if he goes the seventh wide receiver off the board to your favorite team. And you're like, wow, those has them ranked that high. I think you'll still be happy about it. Yes, absolutely. And he'll block you too. Yep. 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 He's physical. All right. It's time to look at tight ends, Matt. And and what a tight end class this is. How, how difficult was it? How many, how many tight ends did you consider that legitimately deserve to be in the top five? Well, here's how it went with the, the, the tight ends for me is I think there are four tight ends Dalton Kincaid from Utah, Michael Mayer, who everyone knows from Notre Dame, the giant Darnell Washington from Georgia, and Oregon State's Luke Musgrave. Those four, to me, are all, what do you want from your tight end? You know, Dalton Kincaid and Darnell Washington are nothing alike in in a way. But if you take those four, throw them in a sack, throw them out, whatever order they came in, I wouldn't fight you on. You know, I mean, Kincaid's the move guy. Washington's the inline guy. Mayer's a blocker. So those four are guaranteed in some order, top four. And then I think Tucker Craft from uh, South Dakota State and Laporta from Iowa are really, really good players that just about any year they come out would have been the second tight end taken, the third tight end taken. And then there's depth, depth, depth galore. So I've heard people like Daniel Jeremiah say there might be 10 starting tight ends in this class. It's like, wow. Okay. And uh, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if four go in the four are going to go in the top 50, maybe six go in the top three rounds. Teams using a lot of dual tight ends. So yeah, even yeah. with Mead, you might see a lot of teams in the third round say, well, this guy's too good and we'll, we'll pick up another tight end. I mean, imagine if the Kansas City Chiefs at the end of round one were like, okay, we'll just draft Luke Musgrave and put him good mm-hmm. luck. We'll put him on the opposite side from. I love that for them. And, and like, have fun with that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> learn from Kelsey. What could you learn right. from that guy? You know, right. So, with that said, who's your number one tight end then in this? It's class? Musgrave. And again, I do this generically. So, it's, if there are certain teams that would change. I loved what he looked like at the Senior Bowl. And people need to realize he hadn't played for months before he came down there. He's every bit of 6'6". He's long. He kind of looks like Kelsey to me running through the secondary with these big strides, and body control, sharp breaks. Uh, I feel like I'm the only one that has him won. But I think he – and he also will block a fair amount. Really interesting background. Like he was a super competitive skier. And, you know, he, he has a – a four sport background, but it's not the normal sports, you know? And again, I can make my number four could be better than my number one. The top four are all really, really impressive. Yeah. I think you might be, there might be a little shocker to have Luke Musgrave mm-hmm. out of Oregon state. Number one for you, six, six, 253 pounds. And I was blown away when I heard that competitive skier that you don't yeah, hear that yeah. a lot with, with tight ends. There was a wide receiver uh, about a decade ago. 
that didn't have much of an NFL career, but he he was a competitive downhill skier. And I think that's the only other time I've ever heard of that with a with a prospect uh, for the NFL draft. Four six one forty yard dash. You see him run. He's got these long strides. I mean, six six. So you know, gets down the seam with ease. Just an easy mover, and was really awesome at the Senior Bowl, which which absolutely helped his stock. Yeah, yeah, I, I like him quite a bit, and I, I'm shocked that more people don't have him first or second. He seems to often be third or fourth. Uh, Matt, you've got one of the busts of this position group, in my opinion, at number two. Now, Ooh. that's to say he's going to go so high that I'm not sure if he can reach that level because mm-hmm. I have questions about him. But when you see Darnell Washington, six foot seven, 264 pounds out of Georgia, uh, yeah, there's a reason he's going to be a first round pick, very likely. Yes, and he was 264 at the Combine. Reportedly, he played like 285 at, at Georgia. And his stats aren't great because they have this Bowers kid who's going to be the first one next year. I mean, shocker, Georgia has other great players. But <laughs> he's very powerful. He's fast in a straight line. He can contort to go up and get the football. He's a good blocker. But not as good as some give him credit for, but he's very, very powerful. Inline guy. You know, he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Now I misspoke. I said he's a bust. He's a boomer bust, is what he is. Okay, okay. So you're eleven inch hands. Like he's got. He right, saw him right. with the one hand catch at the combine. He actually, I mean, his combine helped him a lot because he looks much more sluggish on film than he did at the combine with his workout numbers. Maybe it's because he lost 20, 15, 20 pounds. You know, maybe he's going to play at a lighter weight so he can move around a little bit better. But he he can block and he's big, so that'll help him not be a bust in the NFL. But I'm not sure if he moves in a way on film that makes me believe he's going to be a dynamic pass catcher in the NFL, despite his ridiculous workout numbers. And 4'6", 440-yard dash time, um, 4'08 in the short shuttle, which is really good. It might have been even the best of all the tight ends. Which is at that size. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that, that a 6'7", 264-pound guy is moving that well. So uh, a lot to work with there, but there's something weird about his tape where uh, I might I might hold off on, on Darnell Washington, let somebody else draft him as high as he's going to go. I just don't know who, who guards him. You know, I mean – it, it, what player matches up against Washington and doesn't feel dwarfed? Well, it's the it's the Gronk thing, right? Yeah, right, exactly. You don't match up with him. You really don't, That's right? Yes. <laughs> uh, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. You want an inline tight end? You got a guy. He's like your classic old school tight end. Yeah. I feel like we don't see a lot of those guys anymore. And he seems to be the consensus one, which again I have no qualms with. He loves to block. I think he's a better blocker than Washington, but they're the top two of these groups in terms of inline battling it out. Very productive. Notre Dame has a great history. He's the worst tester and the worst athlete of these groups. But, you know, I I mean, does 40 time matter that much for tight ends? Not so much. I'd rather see three cones and change of direction and body control and, and Mayer's fine. You bring up something interesting right there that I want to talk about next, Matt. And it's about the evaluation process for tight ends and why we've seen so many mid round tight ends and tight ends drafted later play better than the guys that draft really early at the position. We'll find out who number four or five and your honorable mentions are on this list as well. Next. Thanks once again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the network. So much to offer you from the network. Of course, your team is covered every single day at Locked On, Locked On NFL Draft. It is draft season, and one of the newest shows, Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. They're a host of Locked On Dolphins and Locked On Bills, respectively, but uh, also very into the NFL draft scene. And we'll talk about team building and salary cap management and free agency and everything all year long. Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, 
Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. Find it on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and speaking of YouTube, make sure you subscribe to Peacock and Williamson there on the YouTube channel. Tight end number four for you in 2023, Matt, is? Dalton Kincaid from Utah. And again, he's leaner. Like, he's, I don't want to say he's Jackson Smith the Jigba, but he's closer to the prolific slot receiver than he is old school Kyle Brady lineup in, in line blocking old, you know, he's, he's not muscular compared to these other tight ends. He's leaner, but he's just a really good receiver, you know, it's down the field. Yeah. I just find it really funny because Kincaid showed up three pounds lighter than Mayer, but they couldn't really be more different. And I have a feeling Kincaid is as big as possible at the combine and he didn't work out where Mayer was trying to get small and, and as quick as possible for the combine. Like he might get to his training camp and Kincaid's two thirty eight, you know, yes. which is fine. I mean, he's a, he's a big slot. He's not going to line up in line. Really good route runner, though. Exceptional receiving tight end. Smooth, really smooth. Gets really open. smooth. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, it's pretty easy to see what Dalton Kincaid's role is going to be. So it depends on the team that wants that detached sort of a tight end pass catcher. Yes, exactly. And uh, who broke the tie? I think you might have uh, said it earlier, but who broke the tie for you after your top four where you have a gap and uh, is your number five tight end this year? I went with Tucker Craft barely over Sam Laporta. Uh, Laporta was very, I mean, these Iowa tight ends. I mean, they have quite the track record. He has really good size. He's very productive. I just thought Craft was a little more impressive physically. Smaller school, South Dakota State, but he was kind of a man amongst boys there, pushing people around, kind of that Dallas Goddard profile. I, I think both these guys are really good, though. Yeah, he's, he's always going to get the Dallas Goddard comp. Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. He was 6'5", 254 at the Combine. Big hands, 4'6", in the 40. You know, solid agility. So just kind of really good showing across the board there. 100%. So both these Sam- guys, I think, are easy starters. I like Sam Laporta a lot. I watched Me his too. film. It's like, man, someone's going to get a starting tight end, you know, I don't know, second round. He might even slip to the top of the third round. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like uh, this is, and this is, so it kind of brings me to the point uh, I teased before the break, by the way, Sam Laporta, six, three and three eighths, 245 pounds, four, five, nine in the 40, really good agility, six, nine, one sub seven second. Three cone is always good for anybody who's, you know, pushing that 250 pound mark. 425 in the shuttle, 35 inch vertical. So just really good, can get open, and you got to block if you're at Iowa. They're not quite the, you know, the the old school mentality that they used to be at Iowa, but they still are very blue collar uh, football yes. team there. And uh, I really like him, and I like a lot of other tight ends in this class. And, you know, kind of there's every shape and size, and, and there's a ton of good ones, and it's going to go all the way into day three but we saw this with the the last best tight end class matt in 2017 and george kittle ended up being better than all the first round guys and uh, you see this a lot with with the first tight end drafted every year doesn't have a great track record versus other positions where you stack up the first guy drafted at a position versus the you know the the mid-round guys at that position tight end is an interesting position where there might be a little bit more fine just find me a smart tough guy that can do what i need him to do versus the high-end athlete at the position. Yeah, I think safety, linebacker, tight end, a lot of mistakes are made because people are drafting athletes where it's it's a real feel position. You know, it's reading the coverage. It's reading the offensive plays. It's reading route combinations. And yes, athleticism's key. I mean, the, the best tight ends in the league are very good athletes. But I think there's a reason why 
the great ones, the Gonzales, the Gates, the Wittens, last forever, even though they run like me and you, you know, because there are so many tricks to the trade. And some of these athletes come in and just don't know them or it takes them a long time until they get it. I mean, there's so many good honorable mentions tight ends. I want to name a couple of guys that, that I've seen recently that, that I like. Uh, Cameron Latou out of mm-hmm. Alabama. If you, if you don't get Kincaid, you can get Latou a little bit later, who's pretty good at that detached, you know, get open, make catches, make plays stuff. Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati, 6'6", almost 6'7", 248 yeah. pounds there, ran 4'6", 9". They're, they're, they're all athletes, too, as well as being good football players. Clemson's Davis Allen, 6'5", 245. Um, Will Mallory is another one I, I watched recently that I like a lot. Not the biggest guy, but he's athletic. Six four and a half, two thirty nine, ran four five four, and had a thirty six and a half inch vertical at the combine. And then Zach Kuntz, who had the best kind combine out of all of them, out of Old Dominion, six foot six and five eighths, two hundred fifty five pounds. So uh, I think the second heaviest tight end on this list. But he ran. Four, hold on, I got to get these numbers right. He ran. It's the best combine in tight end history. It's insane. He ran. If, Factor at in the six, height and weight, yeah. Right, exactly. At six foot six, 250, almost six foot seven, 255 pounds. He ran a four five five. He had a six eight seven three cone, which is the best of all the tight ends. A four point one two shuttle, which is second best out of all the tight ends. Twenty three on the bench as well. So it's not like he's just some skinny fast guy out there playing tight end. And a forty inch vertical, like just ridiculous. Blew up the combine. So Penn State offered Kyle Pitts. Pat Fryermuth and Koontz, a, a scholarship, and said the first two of you to take this can come to Penn State as a tight end. Well, Pitts dragged his feet. Fryermuth and Koontz both said yes. And then they offered Pitts a defensive end scholarship. He said, no, I'm going to Florida. But he's from PA anyways. And Koontz then transferred to Old Dominion because he got stuck behind Fryermuth, who's a really good player. You know, like, there's no shame in that. And that's why he stuck around an extra year. But he's a ridiculous athlete. He'll probably get in the fifth round this year. And it's not like, yeah, he just came out of nowhere and, and was playing at Old Dominion because nobody wanted him. He was he was a recruit, and he got some yeah. Penn State coaching before he ended up at Old Dominion. So interesting yeah. prospect there. And I don't know if th- those measurables necessarily play on film, but you see him, right. and you're like, well, that guy looks different than all the rest of the guys uh, you know, in this conference. He looks a little bit different. I, I would have liked to see just even more domination just because of how ridiculous all that is, but – I mean, you're going to get him on day three, too. So, you know, oh, take yeah, yeah. a swing on, on, on that stuff. But, again, like we said, you know, maybe teams are overdrafting athleticism, and it's all about feel at the tight end position. Yep. And speaking of Penn State, my new favorite mid-round, late-round guy is a guy named Brenton Strange from Penn State that moves really well. He's not huge, but he really enjoys blocking. <laughs> you know, like, takes it seriously. Probably will be a great special teamer. So there's guys like that. It's Schoonmaker from Michigan we didn't mention. I mean, we just brought up like 12 tight ends today. It's crazy. It's yeah, there's it really deep. You're going to get good ones on day three of this draft and on day two and day one if you want him then as well. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. If you liked those rankings at wide receiver or tight end, please let me know about it on Twitter at Peacock. If you didn't like them, hit up Matt at Williamson <laughs> on Twitter. And uh, leave a comment on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed up to the new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel. Hit the thumbs up and the bell and all those things. And Matt and I will be back with you tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.